As we enter chapter 41, one of the most important, if I may so say, chapters of the Tanya, let's get a bit of a recap. The Tanya started off by introducing various characters, the Tzaddik, the Benini, the Rasha, and ultimately it focused on the Benini, the person in the middle, who the Tanya says each and every one of us has the mandate to try to be a Benini. Why? Because the verse says, Ki lecha because it's close for each and every one of you. To be able to control your mouth and your heart and your action. And we asked, how can you control your heart? And we spoke about, obviously, a person cannot control their impulse, but they can control whatever's in their mind. Whatever stimulation comes to their mind, they can pause and reject it or accept it. So the first 25 chapters were dedicated to explanation of the role of love and awe in a Jew's divine service and how it could be attained. That was mainly focused on from chapter 17 to 25, but it was building to that as well. Then we spoke about if you need love and that, to motivate you, then it's also important that you do it with the right enthusiasm. And then we spoke about the idea of doing it with enthusiasm, simcha, and the downside of depression, and the role, sometimes sadness does play, but why you have to focus on the, the joyous much more. And we spoke about how love sits at the heart of all the positive mitzvahs, and awe sits at the heart of the negative mitzvahs. In other words, it holds you back from transgressing that where you're not supposed to. And then we went on to talk about that love and fear are the wings that elevate one's mitzvahs, causing them to ascend to the higher worlds. And how mitzvahs without, fulfilled without the spiritual intent fostered by love and fear of Hashem are likened to a body without a soul. In this chapter, chapter 41, Rabbi Shneur Zalman now goes on to say that fear of God is not only a wing, it's the beginning and core of the divine service not only to regarding the prohibitions to keep us away from transgressing prohibitions, but even for positive mitzvahs. Yes, love motivates one's observance of positive commandment. You put on tefillin out of love, you light a Shabbos candle out of love, etc. But nevertheless, the observance of these commandments too must be propelled by some measure of fear as well. Why? Because if a person is going to serve Hashem, Avodah, serving, implies an, an analogy with the manner in which a servant serves their master, which is a service out of fear, not out of love. In the words of the Tanya, some of the mo most famous words of the Tanya, many people have a custom of actually saying these words in the Hebrew each morning before davening to kind of get them into the zone. One must, however, constantly bear in mind that the beginning of the service, as well as its core root, is that although love, that although fear is the root of staying away from negative mitzvahs, and love is the root of doing mitzvah, positive mitzvahs, nevertheless, it's not sufficient. This is the point that you have to take to the heart. It's not sufficient to awaken the love alone to do good. At very least, before performing the positive commandments, one must first arouse the innate fear which lies hidden in the heart of every Jew. That fear not to rebel against the Supreme King of Kings, the Holy One, blessed be He. 
as we mentioned previously. Why must a person awaken this fear so that this fear should manifest in his heart or at least in his mind? Ideally, it should cause a feeling in your heart, but even if it's too difficult to feel that, at least in your mind. How? He should at least contemplate in his mind the greatness of the blessed infinite light and the kingship. In other words, to arouse the former category of fear, that which is palpable, felt in the heart, one must engage their, their mind, specifically their dot, the third level of their mind, with profound meditation. But someone who's unable to do it should at least superficially think about the fact that Hashem's infinite light extends to all worlds, physical and spiritual. Bearing in mind that the greater the king's control, the more awe it inspires in the subject when you realize how great, how many things Hashem has under his control. And furthermore, Hashem is within the world. He fills the worlds, animating them with an with a life force, not from the outside, but from the inside. And that is one level of, Hash- of Hashem's light. Then there's another level of Hashem's light that does not animate it, but rather it's, it kind of encompasses it. In other words, it's, it's a life force that's greater than what this world can handle. So it does give some form of ray into this world, but it transcends this world, as we spoke extensively in the past. And yet this great God who animates worlds much bigger than us and he's bigger than any world he animates, he leaves aside the creatures of the higher worlds and the creatures of the lower worlds and he uniquely bestows his kingship upon the people of Israel in general and upon you, upon me in particular because each one of us is supposed to say, is obligated to say, Bishvili nivra Olam, for my sake the world was created. That is a statement from the Talmud. A Jew should remind himself that the whole purpose and intent of creation is that Hashem should be my king. It's a very personal thing. The realization that Hashem bestows his kingship upon each individual in particular touches a responsive chord within one. He is then one he is then more apt to demand of himself that he accept the yoke, the heavenly yoke so that he can serve Hashem as an absolute servant.